Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Phenomenal pastors. And make sure when they get back next week, you give them a huge welcome home. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, can I just say, who wasn't here this morning? All right, because I thought there was a few new faces here tonight. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, um... Pastor Cody's already gave me a great introduction. My name's Leanne, and it's so good to have my senior pastor, Stephen Susie, here with me tonight. Thank you for coming. And um, I'm married. I've been married for almost nine years. My husband, Andrew, was with me this morning, but he's had to go home and take care of our little kids. Do we have that photo available? I've got my little munchkins up here. That's all right. I didn't cue the back for that tonight, so that's all right. I've got a daughter, Hannah. She's four. Aiden is two, and they are just the cutest kids you've ever seen. There we go. I don't know how many lollies we had to use to bribe to get them to sit so still, but um, they are just, um, they are our light. We love them. So tonight, um, God has given me a very specific word for you guys tonight, and um, this morning, if you were here, you would have heard I said that we're going to pray for people tonight. We're going to pray specifically for those who need healing in their bodies. Um, As I was praying this afternoon for tonight's service, I felt God just drop a word into my heart. And it's a Hebrew word called ruach. I hope I'm saying that properly, ruach. And it means breath of God or spirit of God. And we find it in Genesis where it says the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. So the Hebrew words there are Ruach Elohim, the Spirit of God. And I just, I believe that God is just going to breathe into people tonight. He's just going to breathe life over people tonight. So I'm I'm pretty pumped. I've got a message to share, but I want to leave time for ministry at the end because I just, I know that God is going to do something special at the end tonight. So um, tonight I want to look at a passage from Mark. And it's, it's Mark chapter 5. The gospel of Mark, it shows Jesus as the son of God. It's filled with miracle after miracle. And I believe it's because Mark wanted to emphasize the power of Jesus. Do you know that he uses the word immediately? 36 times in the New King James Version throughout the book of Mark. Immediately. And it's demonstrating the instant miracle working power of God and has overt readiness and willingness to reach out to us. Mark chapter 1, the disciples are looking for Jesus, and it says that when they found him, they said to Jesus, everybody is looking for you, where have you been? But Jesus replied to them, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too, that is why I have come. He came to reach us. He came to give us life, to give us life abundantly. He came to connect us with God, to to restore that relationship with Father God. And he came to heal us. It's not his will that we would live with sickness. It's his will that we would live with health. So the priority of Jesus was then and it is now people. So let's look at this chapter from Mark chapter 5. It's verses 22 to 43. And it says this. A leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she can heal her so she can live. 
Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay for them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And immediately the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion, weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all the commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead, she's just sleeping. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. And Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told, her, give, told them, give her something to eat. What an amazing passage of scripture. We find Jairus, this leader, his, his little girl sick and there's nothing anybody can do. He knows that if she doesn't receive a miracle, she's going to die. So he comes to Jesus because he's probably heard the stories about Jesus and how he was healing people all around the place. So he says, would you come and heal my daughter? And I love that he didn't, he, he, Jesus didn't even think about it. According to scripture, it was just, yeah, I'll come. Yeah, I'll come. And then in the midst of all of that, there's this woman who has been sick for 12 years, 12 years. And she just touches the hem of his garment, the hem of his cloak. And it says immediately she was healed. She didn't even look him in the eye. It was the hem of his cloak and she was healed. You know, some of you were here this morning and you heard my story of healing. And um, I'm just going to share some of it again because there were many who weren't here. But um, for 10 years, back when I was in my early 20s, I was diagnosed with a condition called Crohn's disease. It's amazing. I met a lady in here this morning who was also healed from Crohn's disease. But... Um, Crohn's is an incurable disease. There's nothing that they, doctors can do to heal it. 
all they do is give medication to try and keep it under control. But my story is the medication wasn't working. It was getting worse. And I came to this place where Crohn's isn't a terminal illness, but it's a chronic illness and it wears you down. It wears you down, it wears you down. But on one occasion, it almost took my life. And I woke up in hospital with um, monitors and tubes and all sorts of things. And in that moment, I was just like, God, what is going on? What is going on? I'd grown up in church. I believed in God. I believed that he was a healer. I was on staff at the church that I'd grown up in. At the time, I was at Bible college, and I was studying. The topic at the time was healing. And um, my mum brought me my healing books in because I had an assignment due. And I actually thought, this is a joke. Because, God, I have believed. I have prayed People have laid hands on me. And while I was sick, I had prayed for others to receive healing and they had been miraculously healed. One woman that I shared about this morning was terminal and God miraculously healed her. And here's, I'm just sort of thinking, hello, do you even see me, God? But you know what? At that moment, I just got to that place and I said, you know what, God, even if this did kill me, you are still God. You are still a healer. I don't have the answers, but... I don't need to have all the answers. We just need to trust in him. So the doctors came and they told me, unless you have this surgery, there's a possibility this could kill you. So I remember thinking, okay, well, I better have the surgery then. And I prayed and I felt God give me a word. And um, I got this vision that after the surgery, it was like removing the diseased, damaged part and when they joined the healthy parts together, I just saw like electricity flowing through. And it was like the life of God flowing through my body. So I thought after the surgery, God is going to heal me. I'm going to be healed after this. But it still didn't come. I still needed the medication. And they told me that I would need multiple surgeries after that one. Until some people have surgery after surgery. Because Crohn's disease is an autoimmune disease. So it's your immune system attacking healthy parts of your body. You remove the disease part and it just moves to the next. So they said, you'll need multiple surgeries throughout your life. You will need to be on these medications for the rest of your life to control it. And I shared some this morning, just it is the most painful, horrific thing I've ever been through. But from having that surgery, it was still another four years before I received my healing. Now, I don't know why I went through that journey. I've got thoughts on that that I won't go into tonight. But I remember one morning standing in church, just like tonight when we were worshiping. I was just worshiping God. And suddenly, I just had this thought, God, you've healed me. And then I started to think, when was the last time I felt pain? And I couldn't remember. And then I thought, I haven't been in hospital for over a year. This is coming from someone who spent most of their early 20s in hospital for weeks and months at a time. The first day that Pastor Steve and Susie came to our church, I had only been there for maybe eight months before them. I was in hospital when you guys arrived. Your very first day, I was the only staff member and I was in hospital. I couldn't even help them on their first day. But then I thought, I haven't been in hospital for like a year. And I just felt God speak to me and say, Leanne, I've healed you. So... I went to the doctor, I went and saw my specialist, and I said, okay, I want to come off my medication. 
And he said, no, you can't do that. You don't understand. This is what's helped you. This is why you're better. You need to stay on this medication to control the disease. And I said, I'm not really asking. I'm coming off it, but I need you to help me come off it. I'll make a deal with you. If the symptoms come back, I'll go straight back on. And he said, okay. That was now nine years ago, and I've not been back on that medication. Yeah, praise God. And you know, just even two weeks ago, I went and saw my specialist again. And um, after that, he wanted to do tests. He did the test, and he said, this is divine intervention, Leanne. This does not happen. I have not seen this. And then two weeks ago, I saw him again, and he, he sat across his desk from me, and he said, Leanne, are you sure you had Crohn's disease? And I said, well, you tell me. You have my medical notes. That's what they said I had. That's why I went through major surgeries. That's why I've spent most of my early 20s in hospital. And I said this to him, I know that some people will think I'm crazy saying this, but God has healed me. And he looked at me and he said, Leanne, I don't think that's crazy. I've just never seen it. So praise God, that is my story. And you know what? The Bible says that God is no respecters of person. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he's done in my life, he will do in your life. And I believe that tonight he is going to breathe on some people tonight. You've been dealing with stuff. You've been struggling with stuff. But tonight, God is going to break that. So here's three things that I learned on my journey. And I hope that they'll help you too. The first thing is, sometimes we need to get desperate. I was in a desperate situation. I could see my life flashing before my eyes. See, statistics for people with Crohn's, with depression are sky high. Most people, they end up quitting their job because they just physically cannot work and they stay in their home. I was in a desperate situation and I had to get desperate before God. What I find from this passage is Jairus, the leader of the synagogue here, he was in a desperate situation. His baby girl, she was sick, and she was probably going to die if something didn't happen, if there wasn't a miracle. You see, many of the synagogue leaders, they opposed Jesus. Jairus, by coming to Jesus, could have lost his job. He could have lost his position. He didn't even do it secretly. He did it publicly in front of the crowds, went before Jesus. And it says in the Bible that he pleaded with him. He's like, will you come? He didn't care who saw it. He didn't care who heard it. He was desperate. He needed a miracle for his little girl. So he went before Jesus. And I love that there was no hesitation from Jesus. He didn't need to think about it. He just goes so there's times when we need to get desperate and throw everything at the feet of Jesus. It says in James 4, verse 2 and 3, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Wow. You know, I find myself in a situation like this just last week. Um, earlier in the year, I took some weird allergic reaction to something and ended up in hospital for a few days. I looked a little bit deranged. My face was all swollen, my neck. And um, they don't know what it was. And I thought, that's really interesting because I don't know what to stay away from. That's helpful. Um, but um, 
since then, I've just been getting all these allergy things, whether it's the weather or whatever, I don't know, but it was driving me crazy. So I went to the doctor and I said, is there something you can like do tests to find out what the allergen is? And he said, yeah, yeah, we can do some blood tests. So we did some blood tests and I thought, this is it. We'll find out what it is, pollen, whatever. You know, I'll get the right antihistamine and I'll be good to go. But when I went back for the blood results, he said, everything was clear. There's nothing, everything's good. And I said, well, that's good. And I thought, as I'm leaving the doctor's surgery, I said, oh, well, God, it's just you and me now. And I felt God speak back to me and say, Leanne, that's how it should have been from the get-go. But I was so busy chasing, like, what is this allergen? What is going on here? But you see, it tells us in James, we don't get what we want because we don't ask. And I was like, God, forgive me. I've been chasing all this rather than just coming and saying, God, would you heal this? Whatever is going on, would you heal this? We need to get desperate and we need to just go to Jesus. The second thing is we need to be bold. We need to be bold. My granddad was um, a wonderful man. He, he loved God. He, he raised us grandkids in church. He was always taking us to church. And, um, but he suffered so badly with crippling arthritis. And so bad, I remember, I can see pictures of him with his hands all curled in. And um, from memory, he had always been like that. I don't know when that started, but just in my mind, he had always been like that. And I remember hearing my mom talking to my granddad about healing and about how Jesus could heal him. And my granddad said, yeah, I believe that God heals, but he's got better things. There's people more in need than me. Other people need it more than me. You see, he had this mindset that, yes, Jesus heals, but maybe he won't heal me because there's people that have got more serious conditions. I, I can muddle through. But do you know what? I'm here to tell you tonight, God doesn't want you to muddle through. That's not why Jesus went to the cross. That's not why he took those stripes on his back so that we could just muddle through with just a little bit of pain. He did that so that we could live healthy, to live whole, to live free of sickness and disease and to live free of pain. And I so wish that my grandpa, that I could have said that to my grandpa. But unfortunately, he passed away. But he's with Jesus, so praise God. Here we find this synagogue official asking Jesus for help. He was an important man. He was the leader of the synagogue. But on his way to Jairus' home, Jesus is stopped by this woman, this bold woman. I love reading about the woman with the issue of blood. I love her boldness. Because here's the thing. According to Levitical law, she shouldn't even have been out of the house. According to the Levitical law, she shouldn't be touching anything or anyone. She was deemed as unclean under the law. But it says that she'd suffered for 12 long years. How isolating would that be? She would have been isolated. She would have been lonely, probably depressed. She had tried everything. It says here that she had tried everything the doctors could do and nothing worked. She had spent all of her money on medical opinions that did not help her. And then she hears of Jesus. She hears that Jesus 
is in town. This man that heals the sick, this man that opens the eyes of the blind, this man that gives the deaf hearing, this man that raises people from the dead. And she thinks, if I can just get to him, if I can just touch the hem of his cloak, I will be healed. I will be healed. So she risks everything to get out and to get to this man. And see, in that community, have you ever went to a local community event, maybe like a Christmas market or something, and there's crowds around? But because it's your local community, you still see people that you know. You still bump into people that you know. So I can just, this woman, she would have known people in that community. And I can just see her trying to get through the, the crowd with her hood up so that nobody saw her, trying to sneak through the crowd to get to Jesus. She was so bold. She was so bold. We need to get bold before the Father. We need to get bold. We need to find out what his word says about our situation. And we need to start declaring it. We need to start declaring it over our life. This woman was amazing. A time came when I decided that I needed to get bold. And it was that moment when I was in hospital and it almost took my life. I thought, this is serious. So I just, I just, I thought I'm going to just get every scripture about healing. And I wrote it all down and I started to declare it over my life. Not just declare it, but then I started to thank God that it was already done. Because you see, the Bible says that by his stripes, we have been healed. It's already done. Friends, he's already done it on the cross. So then from that day, I just started thanking God. Every time I felt the pain, I'd be like, God, I thank you that you've healed me. I thank you. Some, some of us, we just need to start changing our declaration. Find out what the Word says, declare it over your life, and thank God that it is done. It is done. You see, I was determined in that moment to get the attention of heaven because the promises of God are yes and amen. And sometimes all we need to do is stop talking about our affliction and start praising God and lifting our voices that it is done. The third thing that I learned that I needed to do was persevere. We live in a microwave society these days where we just pop our meals in the microwave. Beep, 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 beep. Ping. Our dinner is ready. Gone are the days of slaving over a stove all day, making this meal for the family. We just pop it in, ping. It's the same with our finances. If we want those big ticket items, what is saving? Who saves? You know, we've got all these afterpays and all sorts of things. If we want it, we get it. We live in this instant society where we expect everything right now. And when it doesn't happen, we get upset. We get annoyed, we get offended. And you know what? My story took 10 years. 10 years of believing, 10 years of praying, 10 years of standing on the Word of God before God healed me. But I didn't give up. Friends, we need to persevere in prayer. Don't give up. Don't give up. Your miracle is right around the corner. 
I don't know why we wait. Some people, they get healed like that. They, they, you know, it's like the miracle of healing. It's instant. And then others, we need to just stand on the word of God and persevere. But don't give up. Keep knocking on that door. Keep pressing in. Keep praying. Keep, keep going for that. I shared already when I had my operation and I got that vision from God, I believed there and then I thought, this is it. I'll be healed after this. And it still didn't come. It was four years later, but do you know what? I still didn't give up. I know people, I have people in my world who have got sick and they've believed and prayed and asked God for healing. And when it didn't happen in a month or two months, I'm sad to say they, walk, they decided to, they just stopped reading their Bible. They stopped going to church because they thought, well, God, God doesn't hear me. Or they thought, God, God doesn't see me. But friends, I want to tell you, he sees you. He hears you. He's with you. And what I see in this passage of scripture, this woman would have had many opportunities to give up. 12 years, 12 years. Jairus in that moment, Jesus was on the way to heal his daughter and now he's stopped with this woman. If I was Jairus, I would be like, Jesus, come on, come on. She needs you now, come on. Just forget about her, come now. Maybe he thought Jesus had got distracted and forgotten about him and his little girl. And then the worst news comes. Jairus, don't worry the teacher anymore. Your little girl was passed on, she's dead. In that moment, if I was Jairus, I would want to kill the woman with the issue of blood. I'd be like, this is your fault. This is your fault. If you hadn't delayed him, he would have been there. But listen to the words of Jesus to Jairus. He turns to Jairus and he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. It's never too late. It's never too late. It doesn't matter what the doctor's report is. It doesn't matter what you've been told. The doctor's report is not the last report. It is never too late. See, what Jesus said to Jairus that day is the same thing that he whispers to our hearts today. He's saying, don't give up. I'm here. I love you. I care about you. I will never leave you. You might leave me, but I will never leave you. Don't be afraid. You are not forgotten. Just have faith. You know, sometimes we just need to get some fight in our bellies and make a choice to reach out and to grab that miracle. I believe that God's going to do something special here tonight. And I said, I want to pray for those people who have got sickness in their body. That word ruach is breath of God, spirit of God. And I just believe that he is going to breathe on you tonight and healing is going to come in your body. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.